Welcome to The Inner Call, the podcast. Today is a very exciting day for me because it's the very first full episode of this podcast. The very first one that's released out into the world. And my name is Fleur, so if we haven't met, if you don't know me, I want to introduce myself. I'm the host of this podcast, but I'm also a longtime reader of energy, a spiritual author, and an intuition teacher. This podcast that I've created is intended to inspire you to live a life in which you follow your inner call, no matter what it is. Everyone has one, everyone has a spirit, everyone has an intuition. And the guests that I bring on are meant to inspire you in such a way that you can see that they're living their truth because you can live it too. My guest today, Alexander Ludwig, is definitely an inspiration of this kind. You might know him from the show Vikings, in which he was the super sexy main character Bjorn. And he has been acting from the time that he was quite a young kid, so I could go on a 30-minute list of credit spiel. But more recently, you may know him or have seen him in National Champions or Bad Boys for Life, in which he starred alongside Will Smith. But he is not only an actor, he is also a musician. He recently released a single called Let Me Be Your Whiskey, which you can find on any music platform, and he wrote and co-produced it, so I would definitely go give it a listen. But notable achievements aside, I found Alexander just to be one of the most delightful people to speak to. He really lives an embodiment of someone who's truly done the work to know himself, how to listen to his gut, really stand in his purpose, be unswayed in the ability to follow that inner call. And I don't say that lightly. I've worked with a lot of people and I would put Alexander in that top 5% of people who are truly creating from the inside out. I think you're going to get a lot from this conversation today. It is spiritually deep and a few sneak peeks to get you intrigued before you listen is that we we discuss his kind of Buddhist Zen moment that he had when he met his current wife, Lauren, and he reveals a huge intuitive hit that he had that was centered around a mass shooting happening just shortly thereafter, something that he says he's never spoken about publicly. It definitely shocked me and it was like a whoa moment and you're really gonna, you're really gonna be impacted by it. And lastly, we talked about how we both perceive manifestation, how we create our lives, and how we really truly want to have the most expansive life possible. So I think you're really going to be getting some takeaways from today's episode. I know you're going to walk away with a new perspective, and you're going to walk away with a new desire to trust yourself. This podcast is totally new, and I have a very, very exciting list of guests, not only Alexander, but lots of others coming your way. So please take a moment right now to subscribe. A huge part of living an intuitive life for yourself is knowing, like truly knowing deep down that it's possible. And one of the key ways that you can build that knowing is to listen to another's journey, to create a community of people that are also living that kind of life so that when you're faced with moments of doubt or when you're kind of stuck as to if you should trust yourself, if the inner call is real, that you can look to someone else who is also doing it. I want to be a part of that community for you. I want to be a part of that journey for you. And I know that by listening to this podcast, you're going to know, trust, and build that connection to yourself. So please leave a review, give us a rating, and just keep listening. 
so that you can also create that magic and create that connection to the inner call. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks for also um, my my chaotic text earlier. My little dog, she she somehow got into rat poison last week, and it's just been like a hell of a ride. So this morning, I thought we were out of the the horribleness, and then she, she threw up this morning, and I was like, no. Oh my god. Like, so it's just been. She seems okay. I saw in your your Instagram stories that you also have a little dachshund. Yeah. Oh, do you have a dachshund? She's a long-haired dachshund. I was like, there's another one. Oh, my God. They're they're amazing. Yeah, we have two. We have a Border Collie Lab and then a, a, a mini dachshund named Yam. But the Border Collie got into uh, the melatonin. Oh, God. Like a long time ago, which had like xylitol in it, which is like super toxic to dogs. And suddenly she just lost all mortar function and, and started convulsing. And I just remember, like I literally picked her up ran to the the truck did not stop at a at a single light and just went straight to the vet and thank god she was okay but it was just like i mean they're family like i just you know i just can't i can't i couldn't imagine it was it was pretty terrifying so i'm so sorry you went through that that's scary oh me too she seems thank god to be okay but it was the same kind of thing i thought oh she ate something and then couple hours later, she can't walk. She can't, I was like, what is going on? You know, like immediately to the vet, all the same thing. But we got there in time and it's all okay. She's a trooper. Good. But yeah, they're, they are family. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And you got your dog in Portugal. Are you in Portugal right now? I am in Portugal. I'm in Lisbon, but she's a San Francisco dog. So I've actually had her for 11 years. Wow. Yeah, she's yeah. It's I I know. On the way to to the hospital, I was like, "Listen, you cannot die. It's just like not an option. It's not on the table." No. <laughs> I just want you to know that, like, yeah, yeah, soul to soul, spirit to spirit, right now, like it's not happening. <laughs> Mama can't no, deal can't with it, that. you know. No. It's like, <laughs> no. so yeah. But she's been around for for a long time, so uh, I'm grateful that she she's gonna. I think she's gonna do another ten years. That's the that's the goal. Uh, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, she's so sweet. All right. So we got to chat last week and it's been really fun getting to know you a little bit. So thank you for being here. Yeah. I would say like the most surprising thing for me when I last connected with you was that you were like, oh, yeah, I've been to psychics before. Like I've done this before. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that. I'm just a huge history buff. What I've realized is that over the course of history, yeah, the world changes, but people don't really change. Like humanity, you know, the same problems that exist today are problems that have existed since the beginning of you, especially the internal ones. And I think that, you know, whether it's family dynamics or whether it's, you know, ambition or, or personal things that you're trying to work out, those are all the same kind of issues that they had back in the day. And so for me, I, I love studying what things were like back then. And, and stoicism is one of those things where it's like, wow, these people really figured out how to live a happy life. So with psychics in general, you know, I've always been a very spiritual person. I wouldn't say I'm particularly religious, but I'm, I'm definitely spiritual. And I just, I've, I've known that a lot of, you know, really great people have always used mediums. You know, I've always used psychics. They've always, they've always, you know, gone for just another outlet for them. And to be honest, like I've always been skeptical, 
but I've had enough experiences now where it's like, okay, there's just no world where this is by chance. I'll never forget. I went to, there was one woman in, in um, Ireland. She was from Iceland and we did a, a reading together and she's like, one of the things she brought up, uh, you know, we talked about a bunch of things. But one of the things she said was, I see two things. One, she's like, I see planes being grounded. Like you're going to have trouble getting there. That's really weird. And then she said, I see an injury. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm doing a wrestling show. Like, obviously something's going to happen. She's like, no, no, I, I see a, like, there's a broken back. And I was like, whoa, like I'm going to break my back. Sure enough. Shortly after COVID happens, we can't get there. And then my co-star broke his back. Mm. There's just something more to this. So I'm, I've bought in when people get it wrong, you know, or they're off It's very easy to like, we naturally, if we can't see it or feel it or touch it, we're going to be skeptical, right? It's like, if this isn't a thing, so much of like life is, I feel like just just kind of operating on faith and an internal knowing. And one thing I just know is that there's something, there's just something that we just can't comprehend. And I do like to believe that there's, there's more at play than, than we could possibly. I actually think most people would believe that, that there's just, there's more than we could ever understand. For sure. Yeah. Just go to the ocean. You know, it's like, that's, that's my thing. Whenever I'm having any kind of, yeah, hundred percent. What is this kind of moment? If you if you just go in anything vast, look up at the sky. Yeah, there's that sense of like, okay, yeah, we're we don't really know. Hundred percent. I mean, even like back, if you, even if you just look from like a tech, technology standpoint, like look at where we were back in the day. If you said to somebody, you're gonna pick up this like device, and you're gonna hear somebody on the other end. I mean, that's that's magic, but that doesn't make any sense. So if we can do this, like what, what's to stop? We'd be naive not to be at least open to, to, to the possibility of more that we don't understand. If there's one thing I know it's that we don't know, like we don't know, but I'd be interested to know, like what, what were the kind of things that were happening to you that like drew you to mm. this? Yeah. I had a lot of experiences as a kid that I don't actually really remember, but my parents, will tell me that it really shaped their belief because they were quite skeptical themselves. I don't come from a spiritual background, but it was very much like, well, she's saying is true. And we don't know how to wrap our head around it, but we're not going to try to shut it off. So that I think was a real gift because it kept it open for a lot longer, I would imagine. And then for me, I personally just didn't want anything to do with it. So I spent a lot of years trying to shut it down. I had a moment where I really kind of started feeling and seeing and having these moments again when I was like 18, 19. And for me at that point, I was studying neuroscience. I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And so my entryway into it was actually quite scientific. You know, I really was like, okay, I'm going to do these readings and I'm going to tally it up and I'm going to see what's right, what's not right, what's the percentage, what's the standard deviation what, what am I actually getting right? And especially in that beginning time when I was working with people, people would tell me I was right. And I'm like, yeah, but how right am I? Like, are you bullshitting me? Or like, is that an actual yes? Like, I need you to be honest. I don't want you to tell me something 
just because you want to believe it, <laughs> you know? So I was like, <laughs> so I yeah. just, for me in that beginning phase, I really needed concrete evidence. I think it's one of the reasons I became a good reader because I was like looking for the absolute max amount of proof. And from there, it started to soften me into other practices, more spiritual, I think. And, and I kind of remembered what I'd always felt as a child, which during that period of time when my parents were like, okay, this one's quite different. My mom had bought one of the only books at that time about this subject. And I remember reading it as like a nine-year-old. And I very vividly remember thinking, why did someone write a book about this? This stuff is so obvious. Doesn't everyone know this? It was all about like, we're all connected and energy and da da da. And I remember as a nine-year-old being like, well, that's a boring book. Like every, <laughs> this is <laughs> it's very obvious. I don't know why you would write that, you know? So I do remember having this like deep, deep, deep awareness, but then got very socialized out of it, I think, not by my parents and my family, but just by the school system, by friends wanting to be the same. Building it back up, I actually just really required this sense of proof, if you will. And, and then it started to soften me into other spiritual practices. Yeah. In the beginning, I just didn't like the idea of being out of control or like not knowing. And then over the time, it's just really softened into like a really deep spiritual practice. And this has really gone hand in hand with my with my work. It's been really interesting. It's been like an exploration for other people. And then also this cultivating deep within myself, that trust over and over and over again. And for me, it's been a practice. It doesn't, I don't think I kind of woke up in my life in the very beginning, just having natural deep, deep faith. I feel like for me, it was something I really worked on and have to cultivate to stay connected. Wow. I mean, can you tap into specific things or do you just like go where you go? I can, but more and more when I'm working with someone, I look at it from the perspective of like, what does the spirit want to say? Like, what's the most important need and go from there. So yeah, I think my my style has shifted a lot and more and more I really see a psychic as just an ambassador to somebody else's own knowing. So I feel like I'm bridging up what you could bridge up for yourself, which is ultimately where the work for me feels like it's being pulled is like, okay, if I'm helping you find what's already within you, why don't I just help you find how to access it? Yeah. And to bring it up more and more trust it, you know, because for me, intuition, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's like, I think the people who use their intuition are the people who really chart their own path and they make everybody else look at them going, how'd you do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so I actually, I wonder how has that played in your life? It's really funny you brought that up. Like I'm reading a book. I just started it right now called The Power of Intention. I believe everybody is born with, you know, something that they, they want to do with their life. Right. And I think naturally we want to expand and, and express it the best way we possibly can. So I always knew that I wanted to tell stories. You know, I've always been very creative and I, I always knew that I wanted to bring the world together in my own way. The only thing that's ever kept me going in, in my line of work is just, I always said to myself, I'd rather be 80 years old and jobless 
then let my 12 year old self down. Mm. And, you know, there was people think when they see you in your first big movie, like you've made it. They're like, you know, wow, he's set for life. He's done. It's not like that. In fact, it's the opposite. You know, they need you. You need them more than they need you. And they will exploit that as honestly as they should. It's a business at the end of the day. It takes a very, very long time to get any sort of security in this business. You, all you have is faith. Like that's it. That's all you have. You're operating from a place of like, I just know, like, I know this is what I have to do. I don't know how or when, but I just know. And I've always had that ever since I was a kid. I've just, I've always known. There's, there's no quit in me with this, like ever, just because it's just not an option. Hey, it's Flair. I really hope you are enjoying this episode so far, and you can continue to listen to the rest of it on the Inner Call podcast. There's a link in the description, or you can search the Inner Call on any podcast platform. You're going to want to continue listening. We have a really beautiful conversation about the moment that he met his wife, and he speaks of a shocking intuitive moment he had that was later confirmed in a tragic mass shooting. It truly gave me the chills, and I'm so honored that he shared it with us. I'll see you there, and don't forget to leave us a review.